Hello again, awesomers. It's me. It's your old buddy Steve Simonson. And today we're going to do a little bit of a finance deep dive and talk about some of the things that I think are important to consider when you set up your financing um, management system or accounting system, depending on uh, how you think of it. Some people in the UK, for example, call it accountancy. And over here in the US, we might call it finance. But regardless of your own nomenclature, uh, we all have the same basic functionality that we have to cope with and that we have to deal with. And so today I may discuss uh, a little bit about vocabulary, just so we can get, all get on the same page, but a lot about process, right? Because regardless of what our individual names may be, we have essentially the same process uh, to calculate, for example, a sale and make that sale translate into, um, well, we'll say a financial document, a financial output. So when you make a sale, it turns out you needed something to sell uh, at or before when you sold it, right? So if you're drop shipping, you may end up making a purchase order when you made that sale. But there's a some number of steps that happen before the sale and some, no, some number of steps that happen after the sale. I'm going to concentrate on post-sale process, and I'm going to use parsimony as an example, uh, A, because I know it the best, and, and B, because uh, I know it the best. So for both of those solid reasons, uh, that's going to be kind of the, the way I look at this thing. Now, I am going to uh, share a, a screen here with you. So if you're on the uh, audio podcast, I want to call your attention to the YouTube channel and you can check the Awesomers on YouTube. You can also check the Steve Simonson on YouTube and look for this particular presentation because I think it'll help you to see the visual, but I'll talk you through it as we go. So let me just get this thing started here. And so one of the things that I see is that I've got to share the correct screen, which I've got too many screens. And for you Awesomers not watching the... the uh, video version of this. Thank your lucky stars because I've got too many bloody screens to deal with. So I'm going to try this one more time. All right, here we go. So uh, Michael Pinkowski, the president of Parsimony, created a document that, uh, a chart, and I'll make it available in various places online, social media, and so forth. But he calls it the doc walk. And this doc walk is, and a doc, by the way, is a doc type. So many types of documents exist in our business. You can we call them documents because they all start with some amount of information, uh, some table of fields, and there are different types of those tables, and so the the nomenclature is just like doc types or what have you. So again, don't get caught up in the vocabulary just now. Just think of it as like the process of taking your order from the point you get an order into cash. How does it work, or how should it work when it comes to process? And so. Uh, as a typical example, an Amazon order will come in and you'll get that order information from Amazon. Now, there are many ways people do this. Some people bring the orders into uh, their own accounting system. Some people just manage it on Amazon alone. Other people use third-party tools uh, that are you know, dashboard-type tools. And I, I won't go into the details of naming in individual ones. You guys know which ones you prefer. But however you look at this, however you interface with the data, 
it's some sale has happened on Amazon. So that's the beginning. And those items, the inventory of those items and the related orders for those items have to get transmitted to something. Uh, for the visual folks, it's we're going to say that we're transmitting that via the SP API from Amazon to Parsimony. Now, by the way, the SP API is a replacement for MWS. So for many years, you heard the terminology, hey, you got to get your MWS connected. And what Amazon has done is they've evolved to, I would say, better reporting. There's still some crazy limitations with it. And, you know, Amazon's giant and they have their reasons, uh, many of them legitimate, but not, not necessarily making them less frustrating <laughs> to deal with. Uh, but the SP API is the new standard and MWS is gone. The good news is SP API is much more systemic. It's much more consistent globally. And so once you have all the hooks in there for SP API, that means you're kind of prepared to look at across geographies and any new Amazon marketplace, uh, Amazon Belgium just came online, SP API will still work for that. And so that the systemization that Amazon did, we salute them for that. They really did think about this and say, how do we kind of condense the nonsense? And they've gotten it better. So these hooks from Amazon via API are going into parsimony. Some people, again, use other methods to get it into QuickBooks or Zero or what have you. Um, there's no nothing else needed. Uh, parsimony has this native code built in. So it's bringing in the, the items themselves because you got to know what you're selling. It brings in the inventory for every Amazon location, and then it brings in the individual orders. And I'm a big believer in individual transactions. I do not want bulk order reporting and go, oh, on this day or this week or this two-week period, we sold 50 orders that it totaled this much money. Um, you know, good luck to you and congratulations. No, no, I want to know every detail. So at the point we get that information from Amazon, we break that into sales orders. These are orders that are written. Uh, and then sales invoices, these are orders that are delivered. And there's a difference there, right? As you guys may know, sometimes orders are written in Amazon, but don't actually end up getting delivered. Um, orders are canceled before they ship and, and so on and so forth. So having a process method to understand what a sales order is and how does that differ from a sales invoice. And from a tax perspective, in most countries, a sales order is written. Uh, that's the point you say, I expect to get this revenue. And the invoice is actually when you record the receiving of that revenue. And that's the time frame that the revenue is recognized. And just for to drive this point home, if you ordered on Halloween, that's October 31st, your sales order might have been written for that October 31st but it shipped two days later. And so the invoice came in on November 2nd. That actually recognizes the revenue in a later uh, time period than it was originally written. Why is this important? Well, A, it's important because of accuracy, but this is what the finance people and gap accounting and all of these, uh, gap by the way, stands for generally accepted accounting procedures. Um, and it's kind of a global standard and trying to get kind of a gap analysis of your process is part of my my objective to share with you. I want you guys to be very thoughtful and, and process-driven so that you have a predictable outcome. As always, the objective of any system 
is to have the same data um, coming in over periods of time, the same types of data. I'm not saying the exact same you know, invoices, but the same data stream and a predictable result coming out on the output side. That's when you know a system is working. Uh, within a sales order, by the way, there is a list of items. And that list of items can include things like your own internal SKU number, SKU, for those keeping score at home, means stock keeping unit. That's what your own warehouse might refer to an item. And then there's the ASIN. Uh, that's the Amazon selling index number or something like that. That's what we've all come to know in the Amazon world is the, the standard item number uh, is the ASIN. But that's not necessarily true at Walmart or other places. And of course, there's other types of things like FN SKUs and um, UPC codes and so on and so forth. But the base minimum to get an order processed is having that SKU number, the ASIN number, and where is that inventory coming from by individual location, including the Amazon warehouse location. So if you have an item in Amazon, and let's just say you have 3,000 units, those could be distributed between, you know, three to 30 warehouses or more. We want to know every single warehouse inventory location by the day. And we want to know its ins and outs. And we want to know how it goes up and down uh, based on sales and then any other uh, vacillations of that inventory, uh, maybe due to lost items or other damaged items by the warehouse that we need to get credit back for. So that's the Amazon flow that we've discussed, right? It comes in from Amazon, goes through SP API to your finance system, in our case, parsimony, and then it's translated into sales and uh, invoices, sales orders and sales invoices. The same process happens if you're shipping fulfillment by merchant, right? Let's That top assumption was kind of an FBA flow, but if FBM, fulfillment by merchant, may go through ShipStation, which connects to your Amazon account, and then also can connect to, to Parsimony to do the same processing of sales orders and invoices, but include the internal warehouse processes that you may have for yourself, like a pick list, a delivery note, and stock entries. Think of that entry as, a, as some sort of entry on the stock uh, ledger. So it could be a negative entry to remove something um, in, in the case of a sales order. And there are other types of stock entries um, that can be made like a return or what have you. So uh, ShipStation comes in and does the same types of processes. And it doesn't have to be your own personal warehouse. It can be a 3PL that is integrated with ShipStation. There's lots of ways to get this sort of data in. But the point is the process, all of these little offshoots happen from sales order you know, if you're fulfilling it yourself, you need that pick list, you need the delivery note, you need the adjustments of your stock to reflect the new current balance. Okay, uh, by the way, for those who have their own warehouses and those who have kind of a larger sophisticated organization, we've actually created, you know, Android apps that will run on the, you know, like an Android barcode scanner where you can receive stuff, you can ship stuff, you do all kinds of things on the app itself so that the folks in the warehouse are directly integrated with your system. There's no kind of uh, hand reporting and then go doing a bunch of entries. You can literally just do it on an Android app, and which is pretty amazing. It's If you actually look at a modern warehouse and you're like scanning inventory in to receive it, and then you're picking orders, uh, to take it out. And 
all of those are sophisticated processes, right? When you scan something in, you don't just say, yes, I received this, it's here. You actually say, yes, it's here, and here's the bin location. And then later when you got a pick list, it goes, hey, this order's coming up. Here's the bin location. Go pick it and scan it when you've done picked it and when it's shipped. And all of that stuff can be handled uh, in a systemic process. And more importantly, can be handled on a you know a physical app that a human being is using in the warehouse and live updating your system. It's really cool stuff for those that have their own warehousing and operations. If you don't, you can kind of just... Um, delegate that off to your 3PL or, or FBA or however you're doing it. So the the final piece of that puzzle, right? After you've shipped something, and we're just talking about orders to cash, like how do you get the order and how does it reconcile with cash? The final bit comes in with what's called a settlement report. Now, Amazon creates a settlement report that essentially says, here's all the stuff for this pay period that happened. Every little line item. And Amazon has over a hundred different codes about here's a different kind of income or here's a different kind of expense. And all of that has to be mapped into the system. And we can talk about that at a later time. The, these are all the little nuanced things, you know, coupon codes clicked um, or clipped is the Amazon word that you have to pay for, or, you know, clawbacks for something or some damage or some return or some of this, like every single line item, you really want to know how that settlement looks down to the individual transaction. And in my philosophy, I believe in having a job cost or a profit report on each individual order that is the truest thing it can be, not just a guess, right? Averages and guesses leave what I think of as leakage. It's like, you know, operating a, you know, a ship at sea, but you got a bunch of holes in in the uh, the bottom of your ship. You just don't know where they all are. And by settlements, you keep a tight ship, right? Finally, uh, when you reconcile your bank, right, where you're getting all the deposits in from Amazon or whomever, then you want to make sure all of that stuff is going in, and you reconcile your bank accounts once a month. We have applied integration of parsimony that allows us to bring those things in, but you could do it manually if you prefer or wish. Um, in some cases, we will have companies with high transactions that we, we're pulling in daily bank transactions. So we settle to the day so that when we look at our dashboards, it's as up to date as it can be at all times, right? Doesn't mean it's perfect at all times because there's some delays, even if it's 24 hours on this transaction or that type this wire or that thing. But the point is, in general, you have a very comprehensive view of your system when you look at your, your dashboards. So finally, once you've added in payment receipts, this is where you're starting to get into the invoice reconciliation. Like every sales order that came in, you want to make sure you have a line item for that sales order and the amount of money you got for it that is absolutely accurate uh, based on what it should be. And then you start asking questions about uh, adjustments or exceptions to that. So, you know, FBA has some predictable fees that apply on a per order basis. All of these, assuming that they are coming in as predicted, there's no reason to argue about that. But where you see adjustments that are abnormal, then you look at the settlement report and you kind of dive in and you go, hey, wait a minute. I didn't expect to have this, you know, storage fee or I didn't expect to have this thing. And you investigate it and determine, heck, 
Is this reasonable? Is this fair or isn't it? So as you, again, contemplate the, the process flow, you have to think about these things because this is where the rubber hits the road. You know, getting an order and figuring how much actual net cash you have to spend, this uh, would be contribution cash, right? You have this cash now to, you know, pay your people. You have this cash now to pay your overhead, uh, buy new inventory, et cetera. And having that number down to the real number, I cannot stress how important that is. So um, just carrying this to the next iteration, we've talked about it in the Amazon context. Well, listen, the same thing happens with Shopify. You can go through ShipStation if uh, you wish, or uh, Parsimony has direct Shopify integrations. And that, you know, whichever makes sense for you, it doesn't really matter because it's going to manage the, the process and the, the details the exact same way because the process is agnostic. You can be a multi-channel seller, right? And uh, we'll talk about other channels here in a second. But whatever channel you sell at, you want the process of uh, finance reconciliation or order fulfillment or warehouse management or whatever it is to be the same regardless, uh, to the greatest extent possible to be the same or similar uh, with the least amount of variation possible. Once ShipStation uh, makes a shipment for Shopify, uh, assuming you use ShipStation, that uh, detail is recorded, including the pick tickets and delivery notes and so forth. And whether it's your warehouse or the 3PL or what have you, doesn't again matter. Um, from my perspective, we are agnostic about these things. We don't care if you want to use your own warehouse, a 3PL, um, FBA, uh, the uh, ShipStation warehouses uh, now you know, known as Deliver, all of that stuff is a entrepreneur choice. Make whatever choice you want. The system should just be able to reconcile the outcome of those decisions and choices. And so, by the way, once you have that type of detail, like I know what I sold, I know what I received, now you want to start thinking about profitability reports. And this, I have to say, is one of the, the least focused on areas um, from a proper finance basis is people are always talking about their turnover and here's how much I sold and, oh, look at me, I'm, I have such high turnover. And it, listen, turnover is fine. Uh, the old saying is, uh, you know, revenue is vanity and profit is sanity, right? So let's talk about what a profitability report should include or what you need to create a profitability report. One of the first things you need is cost of goods sold. And that is, um, I would say, easier said than done, right? Cost of goods sold incorporates any number of variable expenses that are related to that particular, um, let's say, item. We'll just use one item on a, on a sales order. So it's the cost of the manufacturing, right, at the factory. Let's think of it as an X works price at a factory. That means... The factory made it, put it on their dock for somebody else to pick it up. It includes whatever freight was required to get it from the factory to the point of storage or point of sale. So that could be a 3PL, it could be FBA, it could be wherever. Uh, it includes any customs, it includes any you know, fees or other things to, to clear customs. Um, all of those things, you know, insurance, any of that stuff should be baked in. And we use something called a landed cost voucher to manage those things so that we can apply things 
to um, a purchase order in a proper way. And this is not about purchasing. So I'm, I don't have a, a purchase order doc walk for you here just at this moment. But just assume that if you are putting your purchase orders in a system, and we'll use parsimony as this example, that purchase order is going to have the original cost of goods from the manufacturer. It'll also have any related fees you paid to other um, supply chain pieces of that puzzle. And then you can do a landed cost voucher that brings that all together and applies it either you know, by the unit or by the weight or by the whatever to uh, spread those things that apply to a bunch of orders or items uh, at one time. And I feel like I'm, I'm not doing a great job of explaining what a landed cost voucher is, but it's not really related to this process. So we'll save that for another time. Finally, you know, there are other things that apply to profits. That includes, you know, the Amazon commissions and fees. That includes, you know, whatever relevant shipping you may have uh, responsibility for to get that order from the, the point of sale, uh, warehousing, what have you, to the final customer. And really, it incorporates whatever marketing costs you have. And this is a, a very important thing to try to uh, have a total picture of. Uh, finally, uh, when you start thinking about uh, ShipStation, we also, or excuse me, uh, Shopify, uh, we also have settlement reports for Shopify because they're different than Amazon. But once again, it reconciles down to the penny and the payout or payment receipt you get from Shopify is clear and it's line item broken down and whatever exceptions exist will be shown for you to reconcile yourself uh, later. But most, you know, 90 plus percent of it 99% really uh, plus is automated. And then if you have other, um, let's say, uh, channels, WooCommerce or you know Magento or whatever, those as, if they go in through ShipStation, there's automatic integration with those, kind of unlimited. Whatever integrates with ShipStation is automatically integrated with Parsimony uh, down to individual sales orders, pick lists, et cetera. And then other direct APIs that we have in um, discussion, uh, particularly with clients who have these eminent needs, include things like Etsy or Wayfair, uh, even Overstock and Walmart and so on. And our objective is not just to bring in the data, it's to make it so the data is fully reconciled to the financial statements. So that if you went to an auditor and you said, here's my financial statements, they would go, yeah, this is everything. This is uh, 100% comprehensive from beginning to end. That's what you want, right? You don't want to have to guess. You don't want to have to think about, well, here's the batches that I got from Amazon. I assume they're doing it right. Don't make any assumption like that. Get it right. Make sure you understand it. Because uh, one of our old sayings is, you can't manage what you can't measure, right? And let that one sink in. You can't manage what you can't measure. So you may as well try to measure every piece of the puzzle so that at the end of the day, you've got very good potential to manage each and every one of those process parts of your business. These are critical uh, concepts to, to consider. And I think that's the, the bulk of the order to cash uh, uh, discussion here today. So I'm not going to uh, bore you guys with any more of these details. I, again, I want to encourage the audio listeners. You now have the philosophy of the you know, kind of process discussion of taking orders from, you know, the inception of that order, the creation of that order 
all the way through to the reconciliation on the financial statements of that order, at least from a process perspective from myself and parsimony. But I, I want you, um, especially if you, this catches your interest and it should, but if you have the bandwidth right now to process this, then get on there, um, either osmers.com, you can find the, this current episode or onto the YouTubes or over to empowery.com or what have you and try to find the video because seeing how all of those lines kind of uh, make the process turn into a, a flow chart, uh, if you will, I think it's, it's helpful for people to understand. And for those um, like myself who are kind of visual in nature, having that flow chart, like, okay, something started here, I get it. And then something happened and then something else happened and something else again and again until you reach the end of that process. Uh, that is, to me, a really great way to learn. Not only that, it's a great way to teach your team how things uh, should work uh, and so on and so forth. So this uh, this episode is something that I, I feel strongly about. I thank uh, Michael uh, Pikowski over at parsimony.com for getting that you know, process map uh, made up for us. And I really encourage each and every one of you entrepreneurs out there, you know, at any level, understand the process. Every part of your business is a process and start thinking about it like a big, almost like a big factory, right? Stuff is coming in, it's being processed and then stuff's going out. And there are many things in between your, your company touch points. You know, the, in other words, the contemplation of the idea I, I've got a brand. I want to sell something. All of the things that happen between that idea and the customer receiving it and being happy and ordering again are a series of processes. And uh, I'm I'm a huge believer in process and, and really encourage you guys to get after it. So uh, that's it for me, everybody. Thanks again. And, uh, you know, go be awesome. Thanks much. Bye-bye, everybody.